entrepreneurs so on born that brew. You are now listening to the Entrepreneur Podcast with your host, Adam McChesney. Let's grow! Welcome to the Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Adam McChesney, and I want to thank you for being here today. We are live from Half Coast Studios here in St. Louis, Missouri. Thank you to Half Coast for this amazing setup and sponsoring the show. If you are looking to start your podcast or take your current one to the next level, then you definitely need to check out what they have going on here. Contact them today for a free consultation. And if you're listening, please be sure to subscribe to the show and leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. We would love for you to share this on social media by tagging me, and this way we can get this incredible content out to more people. Today, we have another great episode lined up for you. He and I originally had connected on LinkedIn, and after a few back and forth messages, I knew that he was going to be a great guest for the show. I'm excited for the audience to hear the story and discuss what he has going on. We connected for a pre-podcast call a few weeks back, and I know you're going to get some value from this episode. He has a background, an extensive background in M&A, business strategy, and is both a CPA and CFA. My guest today is Dan Bensema. He is managing partner at Luna Ventures, which is a company that works with businesses to develop and manage strategies. He currently resides with his family in Cedar Rapids. Dan, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Adam. Appreciate being here. Yeah, excited to uh, to have you on today. I know we had a chance to to connect a little bit better. Obviously, uh, you know, connecting on LinkedIn is one thing, but uh, talking uh, even just over Zoom for for fifteen or twenty minutes, I'm really excited to have you on. I think our guests are going to get a lot of value out of. Um, just hearing your background and kind of hear what you have currently going on at Luna Ventures. So um, for our guests, if you've listened once or you've listened multiple times, we like to take our guests through the entrepreneurial journey uh, or their entrepreneurial journey through our entrepreneur process. So we like to start out just by getting to know you a little bit better, Dan, uh, the history of, of kind of where where you've been, but where you're at today and kind of starting right now with Luna Ventures. Just give us a little bit of background on who you are and what Luna Ventures is, and then we'll work our way backwards from there. Yeah, sounds good. So the, the real short answer is uh, we work with business owners to build valuable businesses. Um, so we, we'll get more into that. But uh, with Luna Venture Partners, uh, where there's a few of us that are partners there, and we run that business around a consulting framework that we created to really ap- apply in like the kind of small, middle-sized business area, where it's it's comprehensive, it's really powerful, but it's also like actionable and practical. We didn't want something that was nobody was going to actually do anything with because it's important that we actually see results. So we do everything from understand what the client wants, what what just what's important to the business owner, and then do some analysis, understand where we're at, where you want to get to, and try to develop strategies they can go run with. And then before we cut loose, we teach them some management systems because again, if you're not going to actually go get results, what's the point? So that's kind of the consulting in a nutshell that we do. But um, you know, obviously consulting can be a little bit pricey. It's not the right answer in every situation. So we also do some more one-on-one coaching type relationships where someone might have a specific focus on wanting to grow the value of the business or just understand value and things like that, that most people don't inherently get. So we can do that in a little bit more, um, you know, bite-sized relationship, get people the information they need and kind of help them get going in the right direction. And just to round it out, um, you know, if you're going to work with business owners, I feel like understanding the personal side is extremely important as well. So as you mentioned, I, I became a certified financial planner to make sure I understood what does it mean from this business owner's personal life if we can create a valuable business, if we can help them sell it. You just got to make sure that that feeds into a logical, you know, good result on their end. So I became a certified financial planner there. 
Luckily, I have a really good team that is experts at planning, experts at investments where they do all the heavy lifting. I just need to make sure it aligns, you know, with what the client wants and make sure the business is set up to make that happen for them. So it's really all centered around um, a few different things there around understanding what the business owner wants, how do we create a business that does that, and hopefully it's valuable and can be sold for a lot of money someday. That's incredible. And I know you mentioned the the team aspect. So kind of walk us through how you obviously we'll get into your experience here in a second, but how you were able to kind of find the right pieces to complement your strengths to be able to, mm-hmm. to provide the best resources and utilizations for your clients. You know, that's a good question. And I wish I had a really great answer. Uh, I'd say the first thing is knowing what you're good at and what you're bad at and being uh, appreciative of other people's skill sets when they're not the same ones you have, you know, especially early in life. A lot of us have a hard time appreciating people who do things differently than we do it. But once you, you know, mature a little bit, you, you're honest with yourself about areas where you stink and, and where you other people are great and you can appreciate that. It sets you up to be able to find good partners. And from there, I mean, it was just getting to know people. It was just networking relentlessly and and I didn't want to work in a, in a vacuum. So I just kept going until I found the right people. That's that's amazing. And, and yeah, definitely, especially early on in the entrepreneurial journey, I think for a lot of our guests or just any entrepreneurs in general, is you, you think that you know everything until you realize you don't. And then that's <laughs> and that's normally when it might be a little bit too late. You're having to juggle different things and then go find right the, those right people. What's Because I know this is a, a very uh, tough topic, but what are some of the lessons that you've learned from being a partner and in partnerships, what are just some takeaways that you could provide uh, some value to the audience with? You know, that's a a good question as well, because uh, I think a lot of people don't ask that question going into it. And I haven't always either, but I'd say one is understanding what your overall objectives are. And is this the best way to get it done? Um, I mean, I've been part of a, a real estate partnership that was just a total waste of time and money. And none of us really took enough time to understand, was that the right way for us to come together if we were the right partners? So that's kind of one thing. But then other other things are um, being clear with your partners in writing up front. That can be a little bit uncomfortable to ask somebody to put something down in writing because it implies that their word isn't good enough. But in reality, I think writing just forces the deepest level of clarity you can have. So if you're going to you know kind of get wedded to these guys or their gals, it's, it's important that you guys be as clear as possible. And in my opinion and experience, that requires getting it in writing. Yeah, that's uh, that's some advice that I wish I would have had in, in some past yeah. centuries. Let's just say that. So, no, I, mm-hmm. I always like to ask that question because I think a lot of people, one, shy away from talking about it, and then they don't mm-hmm. actually then go ahead and do it when they're navigating that partnership realm, which can be a little bit of a sticky situation. So I appreciate you giving us some advice there. Um, t- take us back to before Luna Ventures. So I know you have a very extensive background. Kind of walk us through Cliff Notes version of what some of your mm-hmm. experience was prior to Luna. Yeah, sounds good. So I started out as a, a CPA with one of the big accounting firms, and that was exciting. It was it was kind of fun, but it was pretty obvious that's not what my life's passion was going to be. So I got into the business world from that. It was good training, got into the business world, and I, I got involved in some um, M&A deals, so buying and selling companies, and I just loved it. It was, for me, like the perfect mix of, of finance, strategy, deal-making, relationships, teamwork, just all that stuff coming together. It felt like it had everything I loved doing. So I spent most of my business corporate career um, doing mergers and acquisitions and, you know, on the buy and the sell side and just really understood a lot about that, enjoyed that. Um, even though it was going really well, you know, things kind of change as you as you go down the path and it started getting a little bit more into the corporate side of things and a little bit more of the corporate bureaucracy, red tape type stuff. 
Uh, not that it was a bad place to be. It was a great place, but I just didn't feel like I was having the impact on real people that I really strive to have. So that was what led me to, to believe I needed to try and find a new way to connect directly with business owners. And the other thing I'll say is um, it was fun doing all the deals. Like it was really cool, but I felt like the biggest problem was that a lot of business owners didn't understand what it took to get their business ready to be sold or to sell for the amount of money they, they wanted. We saw a lot of situations where, I mean, we just weren't going to buy the business, right? It just wasn't viable. It wasn't sellable or no, for nowhere near the amount of money they thought it was. So what I do now is I kind of translated that experience to really educate on what is a valuable business. You know, what, what do you need personally? What is a valuable business? And then from the strategy perspective, how do we get there? Um, so I guess that's kind of in a nutshell, how we, how we got to where we're at. No, that, that's incredible. I think the, just from what I'm hearing, and I'm sure guests are going to be hearing this as well, is that, you know, a lot of people go into the consulting side or they go into kind of where you guys are at now with Luna Ventures without that background, without probably some of the the lessons and the hardships and everything that you've mm-hmm. went through, which allows for a, a much more whole rounded, uh, well-rounded experience when someone's hiring you to go work with that. So talk to us before we kind of move on from this, talk to us about who some of your ideal clients are in terms of like mm-hmm. what, where they might be in business, what their goals are, just so that mm-hmm. people can kind of resonate with that. At, uh, so they know kind of who you're looking for to work with at Luna Ventures. Sure. I'd say the ideal client is someone who's built a good business, you know, things are going well and they really want to build it beyond themselves. So whether it's, I don't want to be as personally involved, whether it's, I want to get a valuation that is 10 times larger than we're at now. And I I don't know how to do it, but it's really that growth mindset of, I want this business to be bigger than me so that we can then go in and really think big picture, think strategically, think about the org structure and all these different things that, you know, small businesses don't need to worry about as much. So it's kind of like that, that wanting to get from where we're at, which is a good place to some great place that is meaningful to the owner in the future. I think that's the most important thing. Um, and from a size perspective, most of our clients have been in the, I don't know, 10 to $30 million revenue range. And I, I think that's probably more of an like affordability thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's where we kind of also offer the coaching stuff because we think what we do is valuable and we like doing it. So clients who are like, yeah, we like that, but, that price is a little steep. That's where the coaching comes in where you can, you can kind of do some good things that way too. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I know uh, I work with a lot of business owners and I know a lot of people are stuck in how do I remove myself from the business and not mm-hmm. lose traction? And then how also do I gain a, a bigger valuation on my company, whether they want to, mm-hmm. you know, exit, pass it down or, or whatever mm-hmm. that ends up being. So that's awesome. Yeah. The, the next and that thing, is really the big thing, like you said there. And the funny thing is it's like, if you're not near an exit, people don't want to think too much about it, but everybody's going to exit their business, whether it's, you know, on a stretcher feet first or whether you sell it or pass it along. But yeah, the, the funny thing is the more you can do now to create a more valuable business, it also makes it easier and more fun to own, right? Like you said, I want to remove myself from the center of everything. Well, that makes it more valuable and you get your life back too. So the, the, the two things you got to do there, they, or I guess the, the one thing you got to do kind of helps in both those types of scenarios. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I know being in the business myself right now, trying to remove myself from the business and, and mm-hmm. well on the path, I, I know that there's a lot of value in doing that. So, so I love that. The, uh, the next thing that we like to kind of take a look at is, you know, obviously great beer. There's ingredients that have to be put into the beer in order to make it a great beer. So we'd like to take a look at what are three things that in your entrepreneurial thus far or journey thus far have made you successful? 
All right. I'd say one thing is curiosity. So whether it's just getting to know people a little bit or learning about a new topic, just the general sense of curiosity is, is one thing that's always been there for me. And another is I, I kind of just absorb a lot of information, which might sound funny, but I'll, I'll sit and you know read a book for hours. I'll learn from people. I'll listen to stuff. I just take a lot of different data points, which isn't necessarily a skill, but it helps me be able to then go and connect the dots in a lot of different situations. So it's kind of just absorbing a lot of information I think has been really helpful for me over the years. And the last one, I guess it'd have to be just pursuing my passion, like the things I care about, not following the the normal corporate ladder, not following the path that seems, you know, easy or whatever, you know, I'm trying to really create my own path that is following the things that are personally meaningful to me. So no matter how well that works out financially, you're always going to have a, a a good result in terms of success because you're doing the things that you care about. Yeah, I'm really glad that you mentioned on that passion part because I think so many people get stuck on that. They're like, I don't know what my passion is. I don't know what I want to do. I don't know if mm-hmm. I should go work for someone, start my own business. So was there a particular turning point where you were like, light bulb clicked, here's my passion, or walk mm-hmm. us through kind of that process of what you were able to to kind of come and find from that? Yeah, early on, it was, I just didn't like the grind. You know, if uh, a lot of a lot of finance jobs and companies is like a monthly process cycle thing. And I was just like, whoa, this is not what I want to be doing. You know, the same thing month after month. And there's a lot of analysis that has to go into it. So it's not necessarily boring, but I just didn't like that routine. So once I got involved in the M&A world, I just like that style of work a lot more. But I also just got real interested in valuation. You know, I did a lot of stuff in that area and it just kind of clicked with me. It was the combination of strategy and finance. So early on, I think that was kind of what got me. But then later, later in the corporate career, you know, we had some things going on as a corporation and forced me to rethink a little bit what I really wanted out of life. And at that point, it was a lot of prayer, reflection and journaling, which um, the first time I probably invested a lot of time in, in all those things, that, you know, e- equally. And it just forced so much clarity, especially just writing things down in a journaling session, which I, I kind of felt like a nerd for doing for a while, but it was actually super valuable. So now I'm a big advocate. Um, th- that was really helpful to say, all right, wh- what do I care about? What do I want to do? What types of avenues get me there? So I think it was just taking a lot of time to really get that clear for me. Uh, that's amazing. I, I really appreciate you walking us through your experience with that because everybody finds their passion at different times, obviously. Um, but it's one thing in talking with a lot of business owners. Like I talked to some very successful people and I asked them, what, what's your goal out of marketing? What's your goal out of advertising? What's your goal for the business? What are you passionate about? No idea. No mm-hmm. idea. I just like going to work and I like coming home. And yeah. when you don't have yeah. that passion, or if you don't have that why, everything else becomes very, very unclear and the mission is just not focused. So I really appreciate you walking us through that. The, yeah. uh, the next thing that we like to take a look at is kind of the brewing process just overall. So great beer obviously doesn't happen overnight. You have a lot of experience, the ups and the downs, all that good stuff. Walk us through what that journey was like. I know you kind of hinted at some of the stuff before, but mm-hmm. talk to us about some of the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows. I'd say the kind of this generally, you know, getting a few years out of school, deciding to go a different direction. Yeah, the first like maybe five, six years, you're just trying to not do things you don't like, right? Or maybe do things that you're learning and positioning for later. And uh, at some point, I just decided I want to go in all, all in on the M&A stuff. So I talked to the CFO of our g- huge publicly traded company and said, I think we need a new role that 
is focused on M&A. It's kind of like the finance M&A combo. And I think I'm the guy for the job. Let's go create that role and hire me for it. And he said, you're right. And it was a little bit more than that, but I was pretty excited when he agreed with me, created that role. It was, you know, something that was just perfectly suited for me and I had a lot of fun. We did a lot of deals in the kind of small, medium sized space there. We're doing a lot of like maybe 20, 40, $50 million deals. We even did some smaller six, $10 million deals. And it was just so much fun. I, had, I, I loved it. It was perfect. And then we got into the the more billion size dollar deals. And at first I thought that was really cool and sexy, but it became pretty obvious pretty quick that it was not as cool and sexy for me anyways, because it was just so much bigger scale for the corporation that it became with a lot more of that kind of bureaucracy, some, a little bit of politics and things like that, which I'm not, it's not my thing. Um, so that was kind of where it started. And then we got acquired by one of the biggest companies on earth. And I was like, well, things are really getting out of control here, right? So I assumed that I would get canned as part of that because I was this corporate M&A guy. So that was where I really had to take a step back and say, all right, I created this perfect position. It was ripped away from me. What do I do now? How do I get control back of what I want to be doing? And that was where a lot of the prayer and journaling came in to really understand what I want to do. And it was funny because I got offered a position at the big new company to do M&A, which would have been a huge opportunity, but I just felt like kind of that old biblical parable of, of everybody has talents and, you know, the idea is to kind of multiply your talents to do good things. And I felt like I was probably going to be burying some of my talents in the ground through some of the, just the way big companies work. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but there's a little bit less of an impact from the activities you do. And that, it, it turned from a really big down downer to realize I got to go reinvent and figure things out again to a nice opportunity to say, you know what, maybe I should go do something new. And then that's when I left the corporation for the last three and a half years, kind of a little bit of a meandering path to now really be in the place that I always dreamed I would be. But it was, um, I was forced there by something that I thought was horrible at the time. I, that's awesome. I, you know, I, I was in corporate America as well for five years, so I definitely understand kind of the, the nuances that come with that. And at the end of the day, it, it's really cool to see other people, you know, take the, the chance to bet on themselves to see what they're able to, to make out of it as well. So kudos to you for doing that. And it's exciting to hear everything you have going on, which, um, you know, I think is just great taking your experience and your passions from the corporate world and from everything that you learned prior to being able mm -hmm. to build what you have right now. The, uh, the next part that we'd like to take a look at is, you know, obviously great beer is a process, right? So we have to take a look at, you know, analyzing what the beer is once we've been able to put together the recipe figuring out what it tastes like and see what needs to be tweaked in order to make it just a little bit better. So in that instance, we like to compare that to the biggest lesson you have learned thus far in your entrepreneurial journey. So if you mm -hmm. had to pick one thing that you could share with an entrepreneur looking to save years worth of mistakes in their business, mm -hmm. what would that be? I'm actually going to go back to something you said. And I think understanding your why and your what is the most important thing. And it's really easy to overlook it or at least have a vague idea. But then you end up getting taken along by inertia into some directions that might be good, but might or might not be right for you. So really understanding why do I want to own a business? Like what, maybe even take a step back. Like, do I have a purpose or a cause that I really care about? And if there's nothing that's really pulling on your heartstrings, that's okay. But at least understand why do I want to own a business instead of do something that's maybe a little bit easier. And secondly, I'd take it a step further and say, what do I want to get from my business? So 
I, I can create my business to do anything. What do I want it to give me from in terms of financial rewards, in terms of lifestyle? I think I've learned that those are the two biggest mistakes people make, or I think anyways, are not understanding why I want to own this business and what I want it to give me. Yeah. And, and for those people that are listening is this is something that, that they don't teach you in school. <laughs> and so like I was a year and a half into to running my business before I even started to think about these things. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs just want to go start a business because they don't want to work mm-hmm. for someone else. And then they can start making money. They can start getting all the, the toys and, mm-hmm. and having the success, but they feel empty inside because there's not that why and that passion there. So I couldn't mm-hmm. agree with you more there. It's a, it's a very valuable lesson. So listeners, if you haven't found mm-hmm. your, pur- your purpose or your why just yet, take some time to do so. It's important. Yeah. So the last piece that we'd like to talk about in the entrepreneur, entrepreneur process is the distribution. So obviously you have a great beer, you're ready to go and sell it and market it. We like to compare that to obviously where we're at today. So bring everything full circle. So Luna Ventures and Dan, what is next and what do you guys have down the pipeline in the future? Well, we want to continue doing what we're doing right now. We are actually looking to take on another another partner who has a really cool consulting background and has done some good things that are complementary to what we already have in-house. So continuing to expand that and also expand what we can do for our clients. We don't want to go out of our sweet spot, but we just want to make it accessible in different ways, right? So trying to really understand are there in what ways can we help some of the smaller businesses who maybe aren't ready for the big consulting stuff yet? So trying to build that out a little bit more, which you know I'm kind of excited about. And then um, also I'm I'm in the process of of writing a book, and I never thought I'd really do that. But what we just talked about the why and the what I feel like is a broken. I feel like I'm kind of a broken record sometimes because you have to go and explain that because it's just not talked about a whole lot. And it's super important. And because it's underemphasized and it's really important and I have to go explain it so often, it just seems like the kind of thing that's good to get down on paper. And uh, so I'm, I'm working on that right now as well. That's amazing. Yeah. If you have to keep repeating yourself and people are interested in what you have to mm-hmm. say and it's valuable, you might as well produce content behind it. So that that's right. awesome. That's awesome. Do you have a timeline or anything like that for the book? Well, I, I'm just working on the really, really rough draft right now, and I'm on the last chapter. I think that'll be done tomorrow morning if I can get a good night's rest. So yeah. then it's uh, just just kind of take it back and going through editing and, and working with the publisher. They want me to go do some other things, so we'll figure it out. That's awesome. Well, congratulations. So, Dan, where can people find you uh, out more about you, whether it's Luna Ventures, uh, social media? Where's the best place to find? And, and feel free to put multiple links out there, and we'll put them in the show notes for you. Yeah. So connect on LinkedIn is always easy. Um, I'm on Instagram, but I'm still figuring that one out, but give me a shout out on there and maybe I'll see it. Uh, and then if you want to shoot me an email, Dan at Luna VP is my email address. And one thing I'd like to offer to any of your audience that would be interested would be a, a free strategy session. So we have uh, some pretty streamlined um, assessments we can do to just kind of help you get a sense where you're at and then use that to have a pretty value added strategy session. So if that's of interest to anyone, just shoot me an email from, from anyone in your audience and then we'll look that up. Yeah, that's awesome. I really appreciate you giving that to our audience. I'll put all that stuff in the show notes, but if you're listening and you're kind of stuck on what potentially the the future of your business looks like, whether you want to get out of your business in terms of working on the business instead of in it, If you're looking to exit or you're looking to scale, I'm telling you, Dan is the guy that you need to talk to. Definitely take advantage of that free free session. 
Um, so we'll have all that stuff in the show notes. Dan, any last pieces of advice, anything that we didn't talk about that you would like to share with the audience before we head out today? I don't have anything new. I mean, I, I appreciate that you also brought up the why thing. So I feel like what's your why, what's your what? That's the most important thing I can think of. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Dan, it was a great episode. I really appreciate you coming on here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Thanks, Dan. And I want to thank you again to the audience for tuning in to today's podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, download, and share our content. Leaving a five-star review goes a long way and allows for other people to find out all of this amazing content we have going on. And thank you again to Half Coast Studios. If you're here in St. Louis and looking to start your own podcast, then you seriously need to come check out what they have going on. We'll see you all next week. And remember, entrepreneurs aren't born, they are brewed. I'm an entrepreneur, entrepreneur, so I'm born to prove. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Podcast with your host, Adam McChesney. Let's-